Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. The title of my message this morning is There May Be Another Way, Hear God and Obey. There may be another way, hear God and obey. And I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 16, which says this, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man or in a woman. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do... (laughs) Oh, sorry. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, beyond all, that we would ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Church, this passage, (laughs) this passage is so full of promise and of blessing of what God has in store for us as his people. I, I, I feel inadequate this morning to be able to fully communicate to you what this passage is trying to communicate. And there's paradox written into it. The fact that that the power within us is able to do exceedingly beyond all that we would ask or even imagine. There is a power of the Holy Spirit that is made available through us, that resides within every single one of us, that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we would think or imagine or be able to ask. God wants to do more in and through your life than you can even imagine. He's the creator of the universe. He's your creator. This passage began by saying that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. This passage is so full, people. And I pray this morning that by the 
the Holy Spirit, our eyes would be open that we could comprehend something new for our lives. And it doesn't matter whether you're on a mountaintop at the moment or in a valley at the moment. There is something of the power and glory and wonder of God that He has for you this morning. And the prayer here is that we would be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. Verse 18, that we may be able to comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. There's a paradox in that. That we might be able to comprehend, that we might receive some revelation, some understanding in our spirit of something which cannot be known fully with our mind. There is a power and an access to the presence of God in our lives that goes beyond anything that our mind can comprehend. That we might know the unknowable. That we might experience and walk in that which is unfathomable. The height and breadth and length and depth of the love of God. Jesus loves every single one of us with what this passage describes as an incomprehensible love. And it is the folly of preaching to try to connect people to that reality. My sons know what it is to experience my love as their father. One example from this week, and I have to be very careful here because some of the teachers from the school my kids go to are part of this congregation. (laughs) So present company set aside I appreciate all you teachers do. And I'll be careful what I say from this point on. My son Mitchell came home very disappointed during the week. He said, Dad, I've got an Arvo. What that means is an afternoon detention that means you have to stay after school. Now, this is the young man who in his entire school career up to year 10 has never received a demerit, a detention, zippo, nothing. And he comes home downcast. Dad, I've got an arvo. Not only is that a detention, but it's one that makes you have to stay after normal school hours. That means the parent, instead of the kid catching the bus home, the parent's got to drive and pick them up. It's deliberately designed to put everybody in the family out (laughs) so that that kid gets the penalty that they're worthy of. And I said, 
Mitch, what happened? He said, I didn't even do anything wrong. <laughs> okay, give me more information because I, I believed him. And there's a basketball court. And because of some unruly behaviour, the entire year had been forbidden from using the basketball court for a week. And so he and his mates had the ball and were throwing it beside the basketball court. <laughs> and they weren't shooting baskets or anything, they were playing piggy in the middle of some description. So they were not on the basketball court. And a teacher came along, took all five names, and said, you've all got Arvos. So, as the loving father that I am, wanting to defend the honour of my child who had not done anything wrong and was being unreasonably accused, quickly went to my computer, got an email, set out the facts as I understood them, requested that if any of those facts were incorrect, then please correct me, and then asked a series of questions of the, the um, teacher head of year and the, uh, the home group teacher of this particular child. Is it reasonable that that be considered part of the basketball court or not? Blah, 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 five questions. And pointing out my son's record of a faultless and so on. 11pm that night, I got an email back from a teacher that said, don't worry about it. Mitchell goes to school the next day and says to his four mates, hey, we don't have an Arvo. And they go, your dad came in clucks! <laughs> now, I share that as an example of a father's love defending someone who is incorrectly accused. And there is a devil in this world who seeks to steal and kill and destroy and who seeks to steal from you the truths of God's word and the blessings that you can know in your life. And he seeks to accuse you and bring you down with guilt and condemnation. But the Bible says Jesus Christ is the one who justifies. Therefore, who shall condemn? He's the one who forgives us our guilt and forgives us our sins and raises us up and lifts us up and gives us an identity as a son of and, and daughter of God who can live with authority and right standing in the world and can know blessing and victory and confidence and the power of God and can begin to experience the unsearchable riches the height, length, depth and breadth of the love of God. And that's just one example, the way the enemy comes to try and accuse us. Jesus Christ loves every single one of us. We're, And the prayer here in this scripture that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. I'm challenged by that statement that we may be filled up to all the fullness of God that we might begin to, to plumb the depths 
of God's blessing and goodness toward us. It caused me to think back to when I was 15 years old and received baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And I'd gone along to a to a conference of combined churches in the area I lived up in Newcastle. And it was a, at the end of the time they invited anyone forward who wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And I don't know how many, probably several hundred, came forward and they took us to a backstage area and started to, to pray for us. And they had a prayer team and they'd lay hands on one and on another and then on another. And, and I'd noticed a lot of these people were falling over as they had hands laid on them. And being 15 years old and fairly new to this, didn't really know what was going on. So when they came and laid hands on me, I figured I'll just fall over. <laughs> and so I was, was lying on the ground and experiencing nothing different. And then they moved on and prayed for someone else, prayed for someone else, prayed for someone else. And probably for the best part of an hour. And other people were on the floor, some still standing, but all various ones beginning to speak with tongues. And, and I started to go through this battle in my mind as I lay there. God's not real. Now, what's this about the power of God? Now, I've just been brought up this way. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe it's all just wrong. Going through this, this battle of faith and of belief at a most fundamental level, and in my case as a 15-year-old. And as I lay there after probably, it must have been 45, 50 minutes, an hour, something like that, but there was, beyond what was going on in my mind, there was a hunger in my heart. And then, like, out of nowhere, nobody else came and prayed for me beyond that first prayer. Out of nowhere, this power of God exploded in my soul. And I began to speak in tongues at the top of my voice. I had no idea what I was saying, but I, I, I couldn't stop as the power and glory of God was just poured out and poured out and poured out. And it must have been a, another half hour. I was on the ground. People told me afterwards it sounded like water going down a drain hole. But there was something transacting in my spirit, something that my mind did not understand, something that took me beyond unbelief and beyond this, this battle that had been going on. And suddenly I was rooted and grounded in something of the power and glory of God. And there was a, a, a strength that came into my inner man from the, from the spirit of God. And my sister and brother-in-law who were there with me had to literally pick me up. I could not stop. I didn't want to stop. They slid me into the back seat of the car. And I was fairly tall. They, they wound the window down one side so my arm would go out the window as we drove along. And all the way up. My life has been transformed since. 
have to remind myself at times of the truth of this passage. That he would grant you according to the rich of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. See, sometimes we can be down in the valley and in need of miracle and breakthrough. Other times we can be on the hilltop. But either situation, we need to remind ourselves of the truth of this. There is always more. We can plumb the the limitless depths of the blessing and the goodness of God in our life. And it's my conviction that the Holy Spirit is so working in this church and in the individuals in this church at the moment, that great miracle and great breakthrough and the wonders of the power and glory of God and the riches of His love in each person's life will break through. Because there is always more to be plumbed. We have our SILA conference coming up. So I recently just did a search of every time in the Bible, Selah is mentioned. We won't go through all of that this morning. But two examples, Psalm chapter 3, verses 1 to 4, which says, am I doing Kobe? Am I staying in the one spot? Good. Psalm chapter 3, 1 to 4. Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. Selah. I asked my son Mitchell, he's featuring this morning, Just during the week, we're driving in the car. I said, what does Selah mean to you? He said this, pausing in a moment with God, reflecting and embracing his presence. I thought, what a great example. What a great description of what Selah is. Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. Selah, pause. If that's what you're experiencing, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling like you're facing struggles that have not shifted and feel like they will not shift, you feel you're just in the grind, you feel you're in the rut, you feel you're stuck, whatever it is, pause. Sila, reflect, embrace the presence of God. There are times of refreshing, the Bible tells us, in the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. Yesterday, as, as I was preparing this, my family's had a fairly hectic few weeks. Yesterday, I was preparing this, I figured, okay. I'll give this a little, a little practice. So I went into my room, just had a little sealer time. Pause, reflect, embrace the presence of God. So Natasha had been out, she came home. I heard her walk in, so I went out. 
was chatting with her in the kitchen. And suddenly all of this kind, thoughtful stuff was coming out of my mouth toward her. And she said, wow, you're being thoughtful and kind. <laughs> Ladies, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Guys, Sila, it works. <laughs> Pause, reflect, embrace the presence of God. There will come transformation. There will come change. Here. Lord, how my adversaries have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. Do you feel overwhelmed? Is that sickness just hanging on and hanging on and hanging on? There may be a better way. Hear God and obey. Selah. Psalm 31 Verse 3. It's the very next verse after the Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. Thank you, Talia. I was crying to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. Suddenly the confession changes. Suddenly the experience changes because of a Selah, a pause, reflect, Embrace the presence of God. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, we read this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that, never miss the so that's in the Bible. They explain a core, an outcome for what's happened or for what the instruction is. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Jesus loves every single one of us. He desires good and acceptable and perfect and blessing and abundance for every single one of us. And you may be in the lowest of the lows or the highest of the highs, but if you can see love, Pause, reflect. See, even if we're in the heights, if things are going well, it's still worth doing because we get distracted. We forget some of the good things that we could still be implementing in our lives. And we function at an authority level there. Whereas if we paused and reflected, embraced the presence of God, Suddenly there's a higher authority level and a higher sense of victory and a higher experience because his love for us is incomprehensible. It can't be fully plumbed. And if we're in the lowest of the lows... Not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. What that means is we can demonstrate in the real world there can be a proving of the truth of God and the wonder of his promises 
but it often takes us just to set aside and to reset and to say, well, even if these difficult things are happening, Lord, what's your will? Lord, what do you want in this situation? One final example of all of this, because God doesn't, his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. If we just rely on our own process or expect things to be a certain way, we might not get through to the fullness of God. This passage in Ephesians 3 was actually written while Paul was in prison. So I did a little study yesterday of visits to the prison by apostles. And there's actually, in Acts 3, encounters of it. And then Paul had numerous. This was one as well. And we won't read the full verses for time. Just let me quickly... The subtitle here, Prison Scenarios. So in Acts chapter 5, 18 to 20, the apostles were thrown into prison. Verse 18 of Acts 5, it says, They laid hands on the apostles, put them in a public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison and taking them out, he said, Go, stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life. Okay. That's a victory. Acts 12, seven chapters later. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. Now, we don't know how long he'd been in prison, but it may be that they thought it was going to happen the same the second time as it did the first time. And I can just imagine the conversation, no, no angels turned up yet. Okay, we'd better get a little more desperate. Let's... We, Okay, church, let's come together and we're going to pray this time. We're going to press in and pray. And it says, fervent prayer was being made by the church to God. And on the very night Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. The guards in the front of the door were watching over the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. So slightly different process to the miracle this time. The church had to be fervently praying. Then Acts chapter 16. And this is Paul and Silas. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise. They'd just been struck with many blows They've been put in the innermost part of the prison and they're praising the Lord and singing hymns of praise. Different strategy to this miracle. 
But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, don't harm yourself for we're all here. And he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas and we read on and the jailer got saved. We actually don't know whether then everybody went home or what happened. It doesn't quite describe to that degree what happened. Same problem, three different solutions. One, an angel just turned up, didn't have to be asked. Secondly, the church was fervently praying. Third, those that had been received the blows were singing songs of praise and an earthquake happened. And now here in Ephesians 3, where we're reading about the height, length, depth and breadth of the love of God and how incomprehensible it is and yet can be experienced by us, Paul writes in Ephesians 3.13 and he's writing this from prison to the Ephesian church and he says... Therefore I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are for your glory. So this time Paul has obviously understood he's not going to be broken out of prison this time. There's a different working of the wisdom of God for him being in prison. And he's writing from prison to the Ephesian church and writing this this wonderful, wonderful chapter. And he's saying that my being here in the immense wisdom of God is for your glory. Same problem four times, four times different response, different solution. And hence the title of this message. There may be a better way. Hear God and obey. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus loves you. It doesn't change the fact that there's height, length, depth and breadth. You may have been facing sickness for a long time and wanting to see healing and there might, and I'm not saying that God's not going to give you that healing. I'm sure he wants it. But first of all, he might want through your vulnerability for you to connect with those in your community so that when the miracle happens, people get saved. And so don't just be stuck in with our formula. We need to seal our time. We need that time to get aside, press pause with God, hear Him, be in His presence, and then know what He'd have us do. And so this morning, if the keys and musicians can come. Whether you're on the top of a mountain or whether you're in a valley, God's love for you is indescribable. And he has a solution to your situation. And you may have been diligently and faithfully working with God towards a solution. But there may be 
a different way. Hear God and obey. And at the end of this passage that we've been reading from this morning, it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly far more abundantly beyond all that we would ask or think according to His power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church. So the passage begins, verse 16, that He'd grant you according to the rich of His glory to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. To be filled up all the fullness of God and He is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we would even know to ask or think and there is an immeasurable immense power of God available to you this morning to bring about His purposes and His will in your situation. This morning, we can receive the power of His Spirit and His wisdom into our lives. Let's stand. We're just going to sing one or two worship songs. And as we do, the altar is open. The prayer team, the ministry team will be here pray for you, we'll agree with you in prayer. Wherever you're at, if you're on top of a mountain and want to take that next step into what God has for you, or if you're down in a valley, you might be facing the struggle and the challenge of your life. His love for you is immense. His power for you is available this morning. And we can see breakthrough. Let's worship. When the altar's open, just feel free to come forward and receive prayer this morning. Father in heaven, we receive from you this morning of the riches of your glory and of your presence. Lord, that we might be strengthened with power in our inner man, in our inner woman, Lord God. Father, that we might know the height and length and depth and breadth of your love for each one of us. Lord, work by Your Spirit, grant breakthrough this morning. Grant victory this morning. We receive it from You. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Church, lift your arms to the Lord. In Jesus' Name. 
We receive it from You this morning. Your miracle, Lord God, Your breakthrough, the stirring of Your Spirit and Your power, strengthened in the innermost part of our being. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord God. Lord, we thank You that You are able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we would ask or imagine. And we stand in that truth this morning. We receive from You in that truth, Lord God, this morning, exceedingly abundantly beyond all. Thank You, Lord God. Thank You, Lord God, for Your goodness and Your grace and Your power, Lord God. Thank You, Lord, that Your will for us is that which is good, Lord God, and acceptable. Thank You, Lord. And Lord, this morning we thank You that we do not have to accept the attacks of the enemy, but with every problem You provide a way of solution, Lord God. With every problem You provide a breakthrough. With every problem, Lord God, You release Your wisdom and Your power and Your goodness And it's good and acceptable, Lord God. And we rebuke those things in our lives that are unacceptable, Lord God. We stand against them. We rise against them this morning to receive Your goodness. Thank You, Lord God. We thank You for it. In Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.